0: Welcome to Triple Threat, the podcast with Jamel President, where it's good news and good vibes all the time, baby. When we left for the guy to come play with you and your system, Jamel, it was the best thing for Shane because you, you, you pushed him to do other things outside his box. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. Hey, what's up, guys? Coming on next, we got Shaniqua Singletary, who is the mother of Mariana Singletary, a a local star volleyball player. That played at Portugal and now she's a letterman at University of Texas Austin. Um, Mariana plays also with the USA volleyball team, um, and just been great, uh, athlete and doing her thing. But what's really important is the parental support that, uh, her parents gave her and the, and the resources and the, and the schematic approach they did to get her to the next level. Um, these are things we talked about on how to get into the next level, things you need to do, um, different approaches you need to take. Uh, that was very interesting. So uh, let's get into the interview. Shaniqua, thank you for being on Triple That Podcast. Um, what we do here is we try to educate families, student athletes, and community based on the uh, the do's and don'ts of being a student athlete. You know, from training, education, uh, practices, you know, it's a, you know, when, when parents and families have figured it out and, and really done a, a, a great job at it, we kind of like want to talk to them and try to help other families kind of give an idea of what your approach was. Sure. Um, so we'll get right into it. Um, what we like to do with our guests is take them back through the timeline of starting that elementary, you know, the, the early ages and talk about um, the rec departments, like what rec departments you were involved in and and um, how were those experiences coming up?
1: Okay. Mar-
2: yeah, um, so, so for Mariana, um, what we did every summer was um, we insisted that she uh, take two recreational activities, one a sport and one an art. Mm. So we didn't care what the sport was, we didn't care what the art was, but she had to choose one of each. Um, and so for the first couple of summers, she chose swim and tennis. Mm. Um, and her art was either sewing or drama (laughs) and it was great. She loved it. She was happy. We were happy. Um, and then at one point, she, one year she was like, I don't want to do tennis. I want to do volleyball. We're like, okay, fine. done." So that is actually how we got started at the recreation department.
0: And um, one thing that's very important to have because I'm pretty sure you know you wasn't coaching her the whole up until this whole time, especially in, in in the beginning. How important were instructors and coaches, you know, uh, in her life? Because that's very important with you know a, a, an athletes dealing with coaches and parents. You know, they kind of kind of see them the same way. How how were important uh were, were her coaches and tutelage coming up?
2: So. Her coaches were very important um, to the point where we, we made a huge transition that I'll tell you about. Um, in the early years, it was just more about how getting her engaged, keeping her enthusiastic about the sport, um, how well was she responding, how hard were they pushing, and also how much were they encouraging and supportive and understanding that she's still young and that she has a life to live. Right. Um, but as she got older while we were here in Charleston, uh, we realized that that her when when we realized that her trajectory was a lot different than other uh, players on her team, we knew that we had to do something different for her and that the coaches that she had access to here were only going to be able to take her so far. And so we we made a a decision to. to try out for a team outside of the area gotcha. uh, specifically for the coaching and the training.
0: Got gotcha. you. That's and that's and that's so important. And that leading to my next question about yeah. the investment for athletics is is huge. Um and some of our listeners might not realize the financial responsibility that comes to the family when it comes to that, right? Um can you talk about that and how you know that was able to manage, you know, living, bills, Travel practice what are some ideas of things that you had to you know um yeah. to make you know to make work to, to support her interests
2: um so so that is correct the financial aspect uh really became much larger when we decided to change uh travel teams and so um Maybe at some point we'll get into that. But when we did change teams, um, the, the commitment was much larger because then we were traveling to Atlanta, Mm. which is a five hour drive one way, uh, just for a two hour practice and then driving back. So that was, that was once a week during the week. And then on the weekend, we would drive to Atlanta on Friday. We'd stay in a hotel Friday night, Saturday night for practice. And then we would drive back to Charleston on Sunday. Wow. Um, so so out and, and so that 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 component itself was um, a little larger than what we had anticipated sure. taking take it on. But again, we knew that it was necessary for her and what she needed to to um, to have to move on. Um, then the other component is, you know, there's a, a travel club fee, of course but then on top of that literally for five months every other weekend you're on a plane somewhere flying to these competitions so that's you know air flight for two or three of us, depending on if my husband or younger daughter could make it. And then hotels for two to three nights, depending on the competition, plus breakfast, lunch and dinner, because we're not home. So we're eating out. Right. So I will tell you, I <laughs> I did end up getting a credit card. And we just really put all of our travel on that card, because at the time I was teaching. Um, and, uh, and my husband was working full time. And so it, it was a bit to manage, but we figured it out out i mean sure. there was a lot that we had to do without in some ways but we made it work
0: yeah it's all it's all about making those sacrifices and that's what people got to understand you got to make yeah. sacrifices in order to to have those to see the, the seed of fruits of your labors which you're seeing right now it's just it's just a yeah. must. in today's timeout message we got bj mackey what you got to understand and Young guys got to understand at the high school level and and at the middle school level, that's your fun. That's fun. That's your fun. Right. When you start going to college, that politics and the business aspect, that that, that comes into play. Right. And then when you go to the professional level and you're talking about overseas or NBA, because you're still talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right, right. <clears throat> Ain't no friends. Is all no. The- it's all business, It all business. Now let's get back to the interview. She she attended Portugal School, right? So, and, yes. and also I'm gonna go back right quick. You didn't mention about having to leave outside of the city and,
1: okay.
0: and doing some other things. And that's what people don't understand. Yeah. Maybe sometimes here in Charleston, accessibility might not be the best thing for you. You have to really reach right. out and get other exposure. And I think that's kind of, without talking about her talent, but when you're exposed in other different in other cities, people are in those different cities that can really lay eyes on her and that can really be effective for, you know, in the future.
2: A- absolutely. Um, it, it's, it's really important too, because when you're playing a travel ball or club ball and you are paying them For a service I keep, you know, my husband would remind me, he was like, we are paying them to offer our daughter something that we can't do ourselves and she can't get anywhere. And at the moment that it becomes, they're no longer able to offer what she needs. Then we move on. It's really that simple. Right. And so it's, it's really hard for some families, I think, because you you join a club and you feel like you're part of the family and you really like everyone and, <laughs> and you feel like the coaches have really done what, you know, they're, they're hanging in there with you. But it just becomes a point where it's like, I love and appreciate what you've done thus far. But you can't get her where she needs to go. And so, you know, you have to make that decision of what does that look like? Where's the best place we can go and, and how much sacrifice are we really willing to make? I mean, because the time alone and all of that travel is tremendous. Um, so, make, yes, yes.
0: You make a good point, Sonequa. And I want I want the audience to understand what you just said, that, you know, it ain't no no loyalty to an organization. It's loyalty to the best interest of your kid. So Absolutely. there's nothing wrong with and that's what parents make mistake all the time, is that yeah, they they follow and support and stay with the organizational or coach but they can't get nowhere. And then they're afraid to make moves or afraid to make changes because they feel they gotta be loyal to a certain group of friends or parents and that's not the way to go. Your loyalty is to your athlete period
2: absolutely yeah your loyalty is to your child to get them the best that they can can get the, to give them the best that you can get. now of course if the best is right here in your area for sure then then you know then you stay i mean that's just what it is but if you're in a position to do more exactly. and do better then you definitely you you go where the benefit is the greatest for your child. And and like you said, the exposure um, to uh, college recruiters, the exposure to plan at a higher, faster pace and level. And, you know, your 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 child is only going to become as good as what's around them. Exactly. I mean, and and so you you have to make the choices to put them in the best position possible.
0: Totally agree. (laughs) Yeah. um, let's talk about high school a little bit. When did okay. the recruiting, uh, you know, things start? When did it start to hit home where you got a letter from this person? I mean, this college. That uh, when it started like the hit when it started okay. Getting exciting.
2: Okay. So most people are probably going to just like pass out when I say this. But <laughs> she, Mariana, took her first two unofficial visits when she was 12. Wow. When she was 12, we visited um, two big universities in North Carolina. It was like back to back. One wow. one was a Saturday, wow. one was a Sunday. Um, and that was where it started. By the time she was uh, ending her 13th year, she had uh, about six college offers at 13. Wow. Um, wow. So it started really early for us and um and it really just changed we We weren't quite ready for it, but we you know but we knew things were happening, and so it it really just took us a lot further and faster earlier um right. and so that's how it happened for us
0: right and um <laughs> you know when I talk to a lot of college players, i mean myself athletes you know we we tend to choose colleges based on. Again, comfortability. Well, I know someone that went there. Or I know the coach or it's only two hours away. Um, yeah. What are some things that you guys were considering, you know, when it's when it started to time to 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 look at a college or, or to make a decision? What are some things that you put yeah. some in, in your interest?
2: Yeah. So so first and foremost, we made sure that she understood and that we kept in the forefront that college is for education. <laughs> Of course, you're going to enjoy playing your sport, and that is what is essentially paying for school at this moment in time. But you are there to get an education because, as all athletes know, unfortunately, you are just one minor injury away from possibly never playing again. So at the end of the day, your education, what you have in your mind, what you're able to do beyond sports is paramount. To your experience in college. So having said that, um, we we actually created um, a, a list of like 10 to 15 things that we let her rank that we thought were important. So location of the school, the weather of the school. The what the the way the college campus looked, was it large classes, small classes? What was the diversity like? Um, how much did she like the coach? How how great was the team kind of faring in the NCAA rankings at that time? Um, and really, if there was no volleyball, how does she think she would like just being at the school without mm-hmm. the sport? And so she just did a ranking of like her top ten or so programs, and that's really what helped her determine uh, that she wanted to go to the University of Texas at Austin.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. In the recruiting process, um, I know she chose uh, University. Was there any other options anybody came close, but besides that decision, where's the second option, if I can ask?
2: I... Um, yeah. So her her the, the second place option was um uh, university of I believe it was University of Wisconsin. Okay. It may not have been the second, but I remember she really loved the coach at the University of Wisconsin. Um And and because she had given him so many great points as well as like the layout of the school, I think that ranked second or close to second. Um. But I think University of Florida was up there as well. Um, and Penn State was on the list for sure. So some really good programs. Um, UCLA was one. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, those are kind of like the top five. And I think it was really close, but it just came out. Um, I think it was really just she loved Texas's campus. Wow. She loved the yeah. weather. It was a very diverse uh, Uh, Campus on top of that, and she was like, I could just see myself being here, even if, even if volleyball wasn't involved.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know, in my conversation with my other guests, we would talk college, high school, NBA, but never had an Olympic conversation. So this is the first. Okay. Okay. So um, (laughs) let the tell the audience about that. I know she was Gatorade Player of the Year as well. Yes. Um she does I think she was um may have, had a couple of accolades with under armor or something like something like that and write on my notes. Yes. But under
2: armor about, yeah.
0: Talk about the um the process. How was she selected and and okay. um, how that came about?
2: Yeah. So um, starting at about 13, um, they have what's called a high performance, which is linked through the USA volleyball, which leads into the the national Olympic team. Um, And so they have these camps every summer where they really just do an evaluation and, and it just gives them. It it, they used to call it the pipeline to the podium. And so it just kept these girls in front of college coaches. It kept giving them a little bit of elite training where if they were at a club or in a situation um, that they didn't have access to better coaching, that this like summer coaching would kind of keep them in the spirits of like, you've got something. We're here to work with you in this capacity. We've got our eye on you. Just keep doing your thing. Um, so, so we, uh, she, she tried out for high performance, uh, 13, well, pretty much all throughout, um, all throughout, uh, high school, starting from 13 to 18s. And so her, when she was a junior, um, she got invited to try out for the U.S. Women's 18 and under. And, uh, this is where they invite 18 girls. It's invitation only. So they invite 18 girls that are automatically on the team. And out of 18, they take 12 to travel and play internationally. So when she was a junior, um, she made the list of 18 and on the roster, but she didn't make the 12 to travel. Mm. So then her senior year, she got invited again to be the 18, so she's definitely on the team. And this particular year, she skipped her high school graduation to go try to go train with them in the hopes of making it to one of the 12 to go travel internationally. She didn't make the travel team. (laughs) So her this past year as a freshman at UT, she got invited in this time. It was for the U21 because, you know, every year the age group is so she. She went to to uh, out to train in California again with 18 girls, and this time she was selected as one of the 12 to go and play in Mexico and represent Team USA in a jersey. So that was really third exciting time. for her.
0: Third times a charm. Huh? I said a third time. Third time.
2: I know. I was like, <laughs> yes, yes, indeed.
0: And, and and talk yeah. about that that regimen. Do you do you, do she feel? Do you feel the training and the in the in the regimen is 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 kind of more intense on that level?
2: Um. So you would think so, honestly. But like th- at that level, they actually focus more on uh, the mentality and the attitude. And so just as much as they are physically working together and practicing together, they are also spending a fair amount of time on thought, mind processes, like making sure you're staying mentally positive. How do you stay in a mental positive place? How do you mentally push yourself beyond what your body says? it may or may not be able to do? How do you stay in, in the right mindset? And I was really surprised by that. Um, happy to see it and also really surprised that it wasn't just like drilling down the the physical <coughs> aspects of the sport.
0: Well, I can see that. And, and to that point, you figure you got, you know, some of the, the best players in the world right now. What's the mm-hmm. point? Like it's, it's more <laughs> enhancement at that level, because they're mm-hmm. there right now. So, that, yeah, I can yeah. see the missing part is the um <clears throat> the, the mental part of it. And, you know, we we uh, we will get into it a little later about social competency, but that's sure. what kind of that, that is, is being competent and dealing with that pressure, dealing with different type of people and different environments. Right. So if yep. you're not mentally strong, no matter how good you are, you're not going to compete if you're not mentally stable, you know, to yeah. have adversity in sports.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and and they also, you know, it's really about you're going to be in a foreign country playing against foreign teams. It's like how are you carrying yourself, um, and and things are going to be different. The culture is going to be different. How are you prepared to handle that and sure. still perform? You know, when you're not in your own comfort and your 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 environment of like, you know, your safety environment, so to say. Sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs>
0: In this time our message, we have Janet Carter.
2: So if I had unlimited resources, um, it would be wonderful to have a, a,
0: a program that would be in the community that would be easily accessible to students and, and student athletes and really any any kid um, to gain the knowledge that they would need for you know wellness, but mm-hmm. also to provide
1: not just not just information, like not just standing in front of them and teaching them, but providing them with the tools, like exactly. cooking skills, or
0: um, taking them to a grocery store and shopping around with them, or actually giving them healthy food. Now let's get back to the interview. And she also played in the um, in Mexico in the Pan Am Games. She did play. In-
2: yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So, so that was for the uh, USA Volleyball U twenty one Women's National Team.
0: Okay, briefly tell me about how was that experience.
2: She had a really good time. Um, you know, this was the third time's a charm. So, that <laughs> <laughs> so we finally make it. I say we because I feel like I'm right there with her. Um, you have so- to say
0: it wouldn't be it wouldn't be no her without you. Come on. <laughs> You gotta take, listen, no, no, listen, I'm telling you, and (laughs) you have to take that on because you'd be surprised how much, how many parents are looking for that type of information, looking for Mm -hmm. that type of direction. And I don't know if you had, uh, um, uh, a recipe book or some type of tutelage or you just, y'all just went on and did it just so. And again, so no, you gotta give yourself a pat on the back because that's, that's awesome. You didn't let, you know, your kids, um a-, uh, a-, a-, a athletic ability took t- take her to the next level. You actually constructed it, had a plan, executed it. Like that's different. So you know you can't take that away from me. Yeah. Please don't thank
2: you. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. Sometimes I, I forget, sometimes I remember, but you're you're absolutely right. It it was a plan that we as a family had to execute because it was exactly. a lot of factors. And and Um, and
0: one, uh, before you, before you continue one wrong move could have changed the whole dynamics of everything. So
2: no, you gotta,
0: you gotta give it up to yourself, but go ahead.
2: Um, so, so Mexico was great. Um, my husband was able to travel with her. Um, and, uh, and, uh, I think she had a really good time. There's 12 girls. Uh, they worked well together. Their coaching staff was really great. um, and she got to play. I mean, you know, even though you make the 12 doesn't even doesn't guarantee playtime playtime is never guaranteed for anyone, anytime, anywhere for that right. matter. Right. Um, so she did get to play. Uh, she had a stellar night. I think it was the second or third night. She was like the top leading score for the team. Um, and, and Team USA ended up winning gold. They went undefeated. Uh, across i think it was four or five days of play um and so they did great clearly gold medal she brought it home
0: that's awesome that's awesome
2: yeah
0: um yeah so and we just talked about earlier and i'm telling you how it's a, it's a missing piece what, what advice would you give to other athletes families that that's just yeah. starting out we're not even just in, in any sport because you're talking about the preparation the planning and when our opening recipe and we helping other families do we do the same type breakdown of what's your collegiate interest what's the weather yeah. which like if you're going want to go to a school in north carolina we got to know how how long the coach is under contract because if he's there <laughs> for a contract two years left and you're a freshman he's not going to be in your last two years that's going right. to be problem. what is the right. position that you're if you're going to a, as a freshman in that 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 same uh, player as a sophomore, you got to compete for three years. It's it's a mm-hmm. big deal. So yeah. educate some of our families on on some of the things you thought about initially. What some advice would
1: you give them?
2: Oh my gosh, thank you for this. So a lot of families uh, have come for advice um, because they see where we've landed and they want to know like what like what's going on. So the the first thing I tell people is just because your child is great and or playing with a really good club or team, it's your responsibility to reach out to these schools that your child is most interested in to let them know that your child Mm -hmm. is interested in them. So even though Mariana was getting a lot of attention from schools, we made it a point to reciprocate our interests in several schools as well. And that that's what develops a relationship. And that's what we wanted, because we knew the 13 year old Mariana did not know what she wanted to study in college when she was, you know, 18 or 19. So we knew that we had to develop relationships with these schools because depending on what she wanted to study may indicate or change where she was interested in going. so so I would just say one, um, you know, just if, if your child is really interested in a particular school or schools, you initiate that conversation. Don't just wait for them to come to you. Um, one of the other things is that um I always say and, and I don't I think a lot of parents may know this already. But it's like be a parent, not a coach. Mm. If your child is playing on a travel team or a club team you're paying someone to to coach them and to get them prepped on the court or the field, whatever that looks like for your child. So, But what they continue to need is a parent. And so I made it a point, as well as my husband, to not try to be her coach. We are there to support her, guide her. Now, of course, we get in the car after a game, <laughs> we're like, we're gonna talk about some stuff, right? We're gonna point out some stuff, we're gonna ask some questions, what happened here? But ultimately, we are not coaches. And so we, we really made sure to to, to, to mine our role in that process. Um, and also to remember that, you know, what some of the things that we were worried about or concerned about were not necessarily things that she needed to worry about or be concerned about. So, you know, if we had like reservations about what a coach did or maybe her play time or something we really kept that between the two of us we would say hey mariano so what did you think about x you know what did you think about this last game and she's like oh it was great We're like, you know, <laughs> don't let our problems become your problem she's happy she's feeling good about it there's no reason for us to, to dampen that and so that was really important too um another thing i tell people is that if your child is really Moving on that collegiate next level. Be prepared for the sacrifices that are inevitably going to come, because uh, there's going to be weekends where, you know, your child's going to be at a tournament or at practice. You're going to miss spring break. You're going to miss birthdays. You're going to miss weddings, anniversaries. Um, My daughter actually missed my dad's funeral. Because it was the day of tryouts
0: wow wow
2: and um and and he would he would under he would have understood sure, because he sure. traveled with us he he and my mom traveled a lot with us but you but you have to be prepared for really like how much are you really willing to sacrifice mm. and how much of this is important to you um and i say that particularly because we have um we've had like a few girls that are like well we can't play over easter you know that's a very special holiday for our family and i'm like that is like the number one biggest competition time like Mm. like if you can't play over easter maybe you just need to not be playing period i mean (laughs) you know and i get it but it's like you can't you know there's once you make a commitment you can't back out of different tournaments because of your personal things like at that point it's a little beyond your personal things so so really, making sure that you are comfortable with what's going to be asked of you, that you're going to have to give up and not be a part of, and um, and so that's another thing I would advise people to just be prepared for that.
0: Right. And all the points you said was awesome, but I want to pick out one you said yeah. about about you. Yeah, we we're waiting for someone to knock on our door to say, "Hey, look, I want your kid." But you also got to knock on their door and say, hey, my kid want to come here. And what that mm-hmm. does is gives the parent, the family leverage. Right. Yes. If no one else wants you. then no one else wants you. Right. Yeah. They got to know someone else wants you. They give they give the families a little bit more leverage to kind of be like, well, if you don't have it, then they might have it. And that's a that's right. a very good point. Yeah.
2: Yeah. and And even on our elite. Teams. I mean, there was a lo- there were a lot of parents. I was like, Have you been sending out video? And they would say no, but you know, but we're on this team. And I'm like, Yeah, but how are schools going to know that your child is interested in them if you're not actively reaching out to them? So right. I think that's a part of our jobs. Is you know, and and I'll tell you this too, I I made her uh, create her own emails. It needed to come from her and her voice and her 13 year old, her 14 year old, her 15 year old voice. Now, once she crafted the email, I helped by sending the email out, you know, and I was making sure that it got to all the right coaches and CCing folks. But ultimately, she had to do that legwork. So, so let your child be an active participant. Don't try to do everything for them, but kind of like hey, this is what needs to happen. This is what I need from you. You do this part and I'll carry the next piece.
0: Totally. And and Sinequa, Ms. Sinequa, I know things wasn't always, you know, peaches and roses the whole time, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure like I'm working with my son and we go at it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it's hard to like really, uh. you know, when, when someone's paying me to do it, have a lot of more patience, right? Mm-hmm. But then I, one one thing that I want to talk about that's very important that I found out is expectations. When mm-hmm. I started removing my expectation expectations for my kid, it helped me to be a little bit more patient in my delivery. You know what I mean? So I'm pretty sure yeah. you guys had some, some run-ins before. What would your suggestions be to kind of like... You know, help those run-ins because they, you want the best out of them, but sometimes they get a little lazy. Sometimes they get distracted. We got to reel them back in. What are some tactics that you think that would be helpful when yeah. kids lose their distraction?
2: Oh, uh, um, so I, I find for, for what works for me and my child is more of a questioning approach. So it's more of like, Hey, do you feel like you're doing your best right now? Mm. Is there room for you to do more? Mm. Is there room for you to contribute more? So then it's not really me saying, I noticed that you're not putting in 100 percent, but that could be her 100 percent that day. Or it could be her 100 percent the following week. And I don't want to put it in her mind that I think she's doing less than what she's capable of. So I just asked the question, you know, was was I was like, oh, that was a really short workout. Was that was that all you needed? <laughs> do you feel good about that workout? OK. That. Is there anything more you can do? I'm just wondering. I mean, maybe not you know and that but that's always been my approach as a, hmm. as a parent and not a coach. A coach would probably say get your butt back in the gym, you know, you're going to press another 30 minutes, you're going to do so many more burpees. But as a mom, I'm just like, okay, well, I, I just want to make sure that you feel like you're doing all that you can do because I think when you have a, an athlete at that level, they 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 kind of intuitively know what needs to to do, to happen, right? right. Right. And so, um, and so I don't, again, I don't want her problems to become my problems. That may have been a great workout for her. So I just ask the questions that, that, you know, and she's very honest. She'll come back and say, well, I probably could have pushed a little harder. And I'm like, right. okay, well, then let's do that the next time.
0: <laughs> awesome. That was, a, that was a great teacher approach, which you just did. Sometimes you got to wear teacher parent hats because that's what, that's not like what you would say to your student. Do you think yes. that's the best thing today versus in, in this homework? Was that your best work? Was that your Joyous? best, yeah. <laughs> I like that.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, <clears throat> and also, as as teenagers, you know, there's a lot that they're still going through. They're still growing. They're still getting to their bodies. There's all the emotional components and the social components that can tend to get in the way. And so I think we, we have to still allow them to be mm. children, growing children, But we just, you know, but we keep some parameters around that, right? Because we can see what that next level is for. And it's like, we want you to to still do some of the things as much as possible, but we got to keep you focused and engaged and and, and moving forward. So
0: totally, totally. And not just from an athletic standpoint and an educational standpoint. And we we talk a lot about social competency and soft skills. Mm -hmm. How important is that? on the next level as well, because you, you can't, you got to, Hey, how you doing? Good evening. you got to be able to communicate. Coaches ask you questions. you got to be able to articulate yourself. Yes. Talk about that, that how important, you know, the soft skills is, 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 is is important as playing at the next level as well.
2: Yeah. So soft skills are, are really important. Um, More later than earlier. I think when you're 12 and 13, 14, and if you're talking to a college coach, They're going to expect nothing but a 12 or 13 year old conversation. It's going to be short. It's going to be yes and no's uh, and a couple of head nods. But as you get older, what what uh, these skills show that you are um, that you're capable, uh, that you're able of possibly being a leader for the team, that you know how to interpret information that's being given to you um, and that you're able to, like, rationalize and make good decisions based off of little or no information, you know, like how is your reaction time? So I think that the soft skills are really important because it shows that it's not just about the one-to-one connection between you and your sport or your ball, but how you see the sport as a whole and how you deal with your teammates as a whole, and how do you take direction and guidance from your coaches as a whole, like all of that is tremendously important. And if not, then that leaves you as just a player. Totally right.
0: Understand. Totally get it. Yeah. In this time, message, we got coach Bobby Crimmins.
1: They wanted ACC players to play for them in that franchise. So I got shifted over to the Carolina Cougars. And um, I was the last guy cut from the Cougars. Mm-hmm. And then I got bounced around. I, I went, I tried, I played a lot of AAU basketball, which really helped me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That, and, and then I went overseas to Ecuador. And then I came back and played in a big AAU tournament. And I played very well and got invited to try out for the 1972 Olympic team. <laughs>
0: Now, let's get back to the interview. He made a name for himself as a star for the College of Charleston basketball teams in the mid to late 90s. And now, Jamel President is doing what he can to make sure that the Charleston area kids have a chance to succeed on the court and in life. So I want to, you know, give some of that back to the community as well. Um, After college and after playing professionally, uh, I started the Day Foundation just to, to be that wealth of knowledge to the kids in the community and parents as well.
1: College of Charleston Hall of Famer Jamel President said he saw a need for this <laughs> while he was in school, so he founded the nonprofit Day Foundation. And its philosophy for success is based on what he calls his oatmeal recipe.
0: Let's go and finish together. Basically, teaches the game of basketball. Focusing on skills development, nutrition, and education—not
1: only SAT, ACT-type stuff, but education for parents in how to navigate through the different levels of athletics.
0: And in, in closing, Shaniqua, I know we we yeah. talked about how important training is. We talked about how important education is. We do something mm-hmm. called the oatmeal recipe, which is those three components: is education, training, and nutrition. And, mm-hmm. and I see that you do a lot of teas, a lot of things. I saw out your Instagram. But um, how important is nutrition, you know, when you're dealing with a high af- high uh, caliber athlete?
2: Yeah, it's it's so important. Um, we, I'm sure. Okay, so so you know, a lot of our travel, we pack our snacks, and we have to make sure that we're doing all the right mindful things. Of course, she's still a teenager, so there's you know there's going to be some fast food components. But it's like, well, what's the best fast food component here? Um, Now that she's off to college, I just again I ask questions that I hope are good prompters of you know are you are you eating fresh vegetables and fruit? She's not really a big fruit eater, but it's like okay, well, are you drinking juices but not too much sugar? I remind her often that. She is only able to do as much as her body has the physical energy to do. And if she is not putting things in her body to give it energy, then there's only going to be so far that she can go. So so that's always my encouragement is, you know, eating um, like having a nutritious breakfast, having a good lunch, having snacks that are healthy, making sure you're eating from the rainbow. I mean, and that's greens, oranges, yellow things, purple things, blue things. And so that way I know she's getting as much as she can. But that that's a bit of a challenge. But once you get to school, there, it, I think it actually becomes a little bit more easier because it's managed a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we do very, very little fast food and uh and try to just make some healthy snack decisions
0: awesome awesome
1: yeah
0: well mr niqua well, that concludes our interview uh, okay i'd love to have you back on again you know like you know maybe in the, uh, our next season and then talk about this you know this past she's a freshman right now right
2: so she's going, into her, going into her sophomore
0: year so yeah next season i would love to get you back on and just talk about how all those things transpired how her year was this year and and yes. give, give the audience some more good feedback. Because now you're done with the high school and the middle school. Now you're dealing with the college stuff. So it's another whole aspect. Yes. And I get yes. back to the other season because then we got talk pro, right? So I got you two more time coming in.
2: Yes, <laughs> that sounds awesome. And this was thank you so much because I what you're doing is is really what a lot of families look for and what a lot of families need. And um, it, it's really guidance because until it happens. You don't really know what's going to happen. And so if you do have a network or people like you that are bringing this to the forefront for families to say, hey, here's some support and guidance to help you make the right best decisions for your family and for your child and for your athlete today and for the future, um, you know, then hopefully they'll have a much better experience. Uh, Their child will end up where they want to be and not just settling for a place um and that they're just happy and they are and they're they're moving forward in their best self which is what we all want for our exactly. student athletes we exactly. want them to be their best self all around so thank you for for offering this platform and and for inviting me that's not a
0: problem great. knowledge knowledge is power and don't and don't yeah. forget don't forget to always give yourself a clap you and your husband did a great job
2: woo well, we, that's one down we've got one more coming up so we're yes. we've got a round two of this for sure Well,
0: that means we got three more times to come back then
2: <laughs> i'm here yes I'm ma'am. Here. yes thank ma'am. you
0: thank you so much All okay right, we'll talk to you soon
2: okay thanks bye Bye-bye.
0: so there it goes guys another one in the books i want to thank mr Nico for coming on and giving us her wealth of knowledge of how to be a student-athlete parent, uh, how to get things done um, strategically, uh, taking a chance on her her daughter's talent, and uh, she's at University of Texas Austin, Olympic volleyball player, doing great things. All right, I want to thank you for that. Thank you for doing a great, great, awesome job um, Well, not just your your family, but the community, and giving us. Um, ways on how to make things happen. So we really appreciate that. Alright, thanks for engaging. Thanks for following, guys. And we'll be right back.
1: What Jamel is doing with the Day foundation and the approach he's taking to help develop young athletes, first of all, getting them prepared from the academic standpoint, which, as you know, as well as I do, Bobby, that's the most important element to try to get them to eat healthy, to be able to train properly, to get the proper education, and then hopefully for those who are talented enough to have a chance to move on to perhaps even get a free education by going off to college. But I love what Jermell is doing. It's a wonderful program. Hopefully more people in the community will get behind it and some of the businesses involved as well to help sponsor this program. Because these are the kind of things that every community needs, looking out for the best interests of the youth. The future of this country is in our youth. And everything that we can do to help prepare them better for that is absolutely wonderful, and and I can't express adequately enough my admiration and respect for what Jamel is doing. And hopefully he'll get a lot of help from a lot of people.
0: You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President, and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast, as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month.